0: Hey friends, my name is Mike Foster, and this is Fun Therapy. And this is a place where we celebrate the imperfect and believe that our setbacks can become our superpowers. And in a world that can often feel so unfair and confusing at times, I want this to be a little place in the world that feels like a lighthouse of hope for you. I want you to feel and sense the beauty of what you're becoming. And when we can listen together to stories that are still figuring out their ending, when we hear words that sound like our words, when we hear about feelings that feel like our feelings, we see how we are all deeply connected. Connected to one another. My name is Mike Foster, and this is Fun Therapy. Well, I read the other day that one of the deepest needs of a human being is to be appreciated. And I I think that's so true. To be seen and to be appreciated. And I want you to know right now how much I appreciate you, that I see you. And I might not know your name, but I'm so with you and for you and cheering you on. I believe in you. And my life and my work is about helping people become strong and emotionally fit. And everything I do is about us being less afraid of our stories and how we can live fierce and free. You know, sometimes I uh, still feel like that quiet, skinny, nerdy junior high kid with, without a lot of friends. And I, I still can get pretty judgy about myself and and sometimes I you know I listen to this podcast and I go like why did I say that or maybe I should have said this or I listen to my voice and I think well, that sounds kind of wimpy I sound like Kermit the Frog. And um yeah but you know what you guys are such an amazing source of belief for me your kind words and your encouragement and you sharing about fun therapy, and you sharing your stories, and you sharing about how this is impacting your life. It's it's absolutely amazing. And so I love how you pour into me, and I love how this podcast can pour into you. And that's an extraordinary thing, don't you think? So I thought I'd uh, read a couple reviews that you guys have left on iTunes. I always appreciate your reviews. I, this one comes from Express Angel. And it says this, I listen to a ton of podcasts, but hardly ever write reviews. Fun therapy is amazing in so many ways. I truly have been benefited from it so much. Every guest has such a compelling story and is so relatable. And after listening, I always feel like everything is going to be okay. Love it. That's so great. Thank, Thank you for writing that. And, uh, Shane Glover says this on the iTunes reviews. He says this podcast. Oh my goodness. I am moved every episode by the questions Mike asks and the way he asked them literally moved and challenged every single time. Well, thanks Shane. That is great. Thanks. Thanks for leaving your reviews guys. It is, uh, so helpful to the podcast. I want to just say thanks for you know starring it and rating it. That is the best way that you can support what we're doing here. So if you haven't done that yet, please take a moment to uh, hit those stars. Also, make sure to subscribe and take a screenshot of your phone or your device right now and share it with a friend and tag me in it. Mike Foster 2000, uh, Mike Foster 2000. If you're on Instagram, I'll, I'll hit you back and say thanks. I always appreciate it when you guys share so i have some speaking events coming up and i would love to see you and meet you and uh, you can see my schedule at MikeFoster.tv. it's going to be kind of a busy spring so i hope to be in your part of the world and part maybe in your city or wherever you might be also don't forget about my two-day event strongest May 16th and 17th here in San Diego. It's sort of like my first official Fun Therapy event slash workshop. And registration is gonna be opening very soon. I'm just putting some final things together, some, some of the details and uh, you can hear more and learn more at mikefoster.tv. That's my website. And yes, so there you go. So in this session of Fun Therapy, I talked to my friend Jeremy Coward. Jeremy was actually attending my Rescue Academy workshop and I asked him if he'd be willing to sit down and, and talk and and just let's have a little a little session together. And we we actually recorded this episode in somebody's SUV in their garage. Cause it was the only quiet place we could find. <laughs> and uh um, it's a great conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. Jeremy is a world-renowned photographer and artist. He's the creator of Help Portrait and now is in the midst of building one of his biggest dreams ever, and that's the Purpose Hotel. And so we talk about in this session about the challenges of adoption, some of the health issues that he is facing right now, uh, and navigating Uh, his professional life and how he is sometimes feeling like he's not making enough progress. And so I think you'll you'll really resonate with his story, what he has to say. And now this episode of Fun Therapy with my friend, Jeremy Coward. Talk to me a little bit about some of the family challenges right now, and um, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, four children, ages currently 10, I'm sorry, 12, 11, 7, and 6, and uh, two biological, the older two are biological, the younger two are adopted from Haiti. Uh, two boys, two girls, so we're a very evenly split family, one dog, one cat. <laughs> Uh, not by purpose, but it just kind of worked out that way. Um, so three of our children are very, very easy, easy children, including our uh, the little girl, uh, our daughter, Evie, that we adopted. She's even been a breeze. Our two older children have always just been so easy. Just they get along. They're rule followers. They're kind of ideal children. So I think at one point God was like, think I've got it too a little too easy in the parenting Mm. realm I'm gonna give you a challenge and so and before I say all this it's interesting because my my wife doesn't often like to talk about our children and in any negative light or you know and I respect that because I don't want them to ever when later down the road maybe hear this and think badly but at the same time everything I'm about to say is just really factual you know it's not i would never speak poorly of any family member or but at the same time i think i'm called to talk honestly about it all because i also want the other the rest of the adoption world to hear true stories you know if people are out there considering adoption or others are going through what we're going through i think it's important to talk truthfully about the struggles and the beauty all of it you know so um and it's a it's a chapter of a story
0: it's not the yeah, story it's like exactly. the final thing exactly. of the story. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so if my son hears this podcast one day when he's googling me when he's 25 and he hears the truth. I'm okay with that, you know, cuz I do believe that his future is extremely bright and he's going to be just fine, you know, but in the current season um he's just uh he's got pretty severe ADHD and he uh He just kind of dominates the family dynamic. You know, he needs to talk all day long, uh, nonstop. You know, and uh, he he has this very, very sweet, sweet loving side, and then the next minute you feel like you're just fighting, fighting with him, fighting against him. Um, We often say that he, it's like he has, it's like the cartoon where they have the the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, and those two are constantly, manifesting themselves through him and you never know which one you're gonna get Um, but uh it's just hard i mean it's really really hard and we've tried all forms of discipline when the ugly comes out and it doesn't seem like any of them work we tried the gentle forms we tried the really harsh forms we've you know um it's weird to get at a point where he does certain things and shannon and i are both like we genuinely don't know what to do with that like we don't know no clue uh, and this is even in the last week you know that we've been at that place like I don't know what to do with the way he just did because it's so dark and it's so messed up that like we don't have an answer mm-hmm. <laughs> like beyond it's beyond punishment you know and so um
0: what does that stir
1: inside of you like when you when you see something
0: that you can't fix or you don't know what to do next like what what is happening inside of you when you're kind of confronted with those situations
1: yeah i think as a there's two feel two words that come to mind you feel helpless and you feel like a failure Mm -hmm. because you're like i'm the parent i should know what to do i want the best for him but this is so far beyond anything i've ever dealt with i am at a loss and so we are actually in uh counseling right now with him and for him um he literally came this past week with us and we really like this new person that we're seeing and um i think it's the right path you know we've tried a few counselors where it's the whole like you sit down and there's incense burning and they talk in these really sweet whisper voices and tell me about your childhood jeremy and uh you know, obviously there there is definitely a place for that. You know how me and Ch- Shannon were raised, how we grew up. But in in this case, especially when he's not even um, blood related, like he did, he's not like me. He's from Haiti, and he has a whole different dynamic. Hmm. But I'm just like, I don't want to do that. I want to get straight to like like help we need tools to yeah to prag- the pragmatic yeah of, exactly like,
0: let's talk about that
1: yeah and so we're in that now and it feels good and we're we've been working with this school uh they obviously have the same challenges in the classroom day to day uh to say the least um and so we're i feel like we're making progress and when i look back from year to year it's like okay I Think he's a little bit better you know and those those are the the good you know the good moments to think okay maybe there's a little bit of progress um yeah it's just it's just really hard you know i always say that when you're single you have no idea what marriage is going to be like then once you're married you can't imagine kids till they are in your house and you're like whoa then even when you have kids you really can't imagine adoption Cause it is nothing like raising biological children. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Cause at least with your bio kids, like you kind of, you just innately understand them. They're your blood. They have your personality traits or your spouses. Like it's just easy to figure them out. But when you adopt, it's like just no man's land, you know. You so, just,
0: so what has the, been the most surprising thing about adoption for you? The thing that you didn't, you really didn't expect.
1: That's a good question it's been three years now they came home when they were three and four years old they're now seven and six um, and and of course you know we were pretty confident because our biological children were really healthy and my marriage with Shannon I think is as strong as it gets I mean we've been married 20 years almost and have never fought never argued so I'm like okay these kids are coming into a really healthy home and I think we'll be okay, you know, and so. But I just don't think, you know. I would joke, yeah, we're about to have our lives turned upside down, and that really happened, and I just didn't think it would be to this extent, you know. Um, just the 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 challenge of it all, um, you know, and so there are days I just worry about his future. Like, is he is he? Is this going to get worse because you do you do hear stories of it, the hardest years are when they're teenagers and and that could go for any child for one but especially with adoption the adoption related issues don't show up until 10 years down the road so i fear fear things like that and then i'm like he could also be the you know the president or whatever you know he could turn out to be this amazing but then you just feel so much more pressure you know as a parent um so right now
0: you're, you're feeling that in a pretty intense way, the pressure. Uh, would you feel, is there fear in terms of as you, as you kind of look at, um, his future, your guys' future as a family, or is it just more the, the pressure?
1: Uh, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear. What are you cut. afraid
0: of? Like, what would be the the biggest sort of gnawing fear at your heart right now?
1: Well, I mean, again, I don't mean to get into too dark of stories, but I mean, I hear some pretty scary stories where uh, people that have adopted, they have children. I'm thinking of two specific families where the adopted child, literally as they get older, they physically attack them. And they attack them while they're dr- driving down the interstate and you know, the, uh, I know one of my best friends from high school, her little sister's adopted. And, you know, um, that little sister literally tried to kill their mother. You know, like really violent, terrible things. And, you know, we see, sometimes we see really scary signs in Eli that you could, he's seven. And he's really, really strong. And we, I mean, unbelievable. Like, he—I I weigh about 200 pounds. He can lift me off the ground and he's seven years old like he's a beast uh, and and uh, so yeah your, your mind goes down man if we if if as parents if we don't get this under control like my fear is that he we could be headed that way you know we could be headed to this really scary place and I don't believe in speaking those things over him I don't believe I believe he's going to turn out to be an incredible young man but um but again it comes back to the parents like, oh my gosh what especially when you lose that feeling of having control and knowing what to do, it starts to feel like you're just guessing. You know, like, am I, am I going to steer him in the right direction? Is he going to be that, that child that, you know, lashes out and attacks us? Or is he going to be, you know, this grace too? And I just don't know.
0: can hear the struggle and the weight of this issue in jeremy's life right now parenting can feel so lonely and isolating and be so frustrating especially when you don't have the answers you feel so helpless and you feel like a failure and you can't fix it and you don't have the solutions and as parents we We often have a picture in our mind of how it's all supposed to go with our children. And maybe we see other kids and wonder why our kids aren't like those kids. Or we compare our parenting to somebody else's parenting. And A difficult dynamic of talking about our parenting fears is that we often feel like it is dishonoring of our children that that even to discuss the, the fears or the, the frustrations feels like we're, we're being a bad parent. And so I appreciate Jeremy's courage to put it out there and to talk about the what-ifs, the helplessness, the questions, the fears, and to press into those and not to deny what is rumbling below the surface. And so Jeremy and I, we, we continue to talk more about the struggles of adoption. And then the conversation turned to some of the, the physical issues that he is fighting within his body right now.
1: Thirteen years ago, I was in Africa when my um, assistant kind of jokingly said, he was like, Dude, you can't walk straight. It's like, what? I can walk straight. And then I tried, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't walk straight. And so I just laughed it off and thought I was, like, klutzy. But that that imbalance has gotten worse over the years, like, really much worse. And this year, it got so bad that I was like, okay, this is not normal. I walk like I'm drunk.
0: So, like, when you say walk straight, like, in a straight line,
1: um, like, kind of wobbly, like, what, what does that I look told like? my wife, I told Shannon, it's like... I'm a boat with a big sail above me and the wind is always blowing two to three miles an hour. So it's like this really subtle, like I just don't feel still. And as I walk, I even will have to touch walls to kind of center myself, like I just can't. And I'll bump into people, I bump into walls every day. Like it's just, I can't control my body. And so, again, it got so bad this year that I was like, this is so not normal. Like, people twice my age in their 80s can walk straight. Like, something's up. And then, in addition, um, my speech was, I was mumbling words a lot. You'll probably notice in this podcast. Um, And then a lot of separated issues that I did not think were related. But So, I finally started researching it, and uh, of all the places, um, this girl on Twitter, so it's like I'm just gonna go public with what I'm struggling with, and because I'd already seen doctors at that point, they didn't know what was going on. And this girl on Twitter was like, "You should look up ataxia. Ataxia is a, um, basically a brain disease in the lower cerebellum that affects your ba- your balance, your coordination, your hand eye co- your hand eye coordination, your um, speech, slurs your speech. It affects the uh, feelings in your legs and your arms." Um, uh, there's several vocal changes. often my voice will crack like I'm going through puberty again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's feel like brain fog and I'm, I've always been ADD extremely. Um, so basically all of those that I just like named the list of my symptoms that is also all the symptoms of ataxia. That's and cool. so um, so I tried this thing for two weeks where I ate like thousand percent clean. Basically, no gluten, no dairy, no eggs, no soy, no coffee, no sugar, no fried foods. Like basically, I was just eating fruits and veggies and little, a little protein, a lot of salmon. Uh, And what happened was crazy. I, I was completely healed. Like all of my symptoms were gone. I mean, it was like the it was like in the movies where you know Peter Parker realizes he's Spider Man or Superman realizes he's Superman. Like. Suddenly I was running really fast and when I went to work out and I was catching balls that my son would throw to me that I usually would just kinda, I just thought I was becoming unathletic because I was getting older. But it's not that at all, it's literally this disease because suddenly all my athletic ability was back and I was walking super straight, I was speaking super clear, um, no more headaches. I didn't get tired anymore. Like midnight would roll around. I'd still be like, you know, just uh, as wide awake as it gets. Like my energy was through the roof. and I just felt like I'm 20 years old. I'm 41, but I'm 20. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm 20. Uh, And it was crazy because eating clean did all of that. And so um, I only adjusted a little bit. Uh, Basically, long story short, all my symptoms have come back. Uh, and so now I'm about to try to kick it into high gear again and st- kind of start over, see if I can. So get when you
0: say so come back, the symptoms, the original symptoms mm. are back.
1: Yeah, they're all back. Yeah. So it's a big, complicated puzzle piece that I'm trying to figure out. But and, and I am seeing my neurologist, and I was doing physical therapy. I'm. I'm both trying to do the natural healing thing and going to the doctors. I'm just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. And so, um, yeah, I mean, basically, like, with ataxia, I could end up in a wheelchair in a few years. I could, you know, there's all these worst-case scenarios that could be really bad. And from what I understand, there are 150 forms of the disease. And so I don't know yet which form of ataxia I have. Some are curable, some are not. So I'm totally still in the dark uh, trying to find a specialist. Uh, I am try- I know there's one in Nashville that I'm trying to land an appointment with. So anyway, uh, that's been the journey the last six months of first identifying what I had, then I healed it through clean eating, then it came back, and now I'm like, oh, cra- okay, this is going to be a longer journey of figuring it out than I thought.
0: What was that like when... Um you you're experiencing some breakthrough and like a new, a new version of you and then slowly reverting back to the original symptoms i I would imagine that was quite a a, a processing of impossibly discouraging
1: yeah, the healing was uh, <laughs> i mean I was losing my mind. Like I was freaking out almost every day because I'd wake up and it felt like it was 20% better every day for about a week straight. Mm. And I remember my wife and I and kids went to an amusement park at Dollywood. And like all day I was like, you know, because, you know, an amusement park, a water park especially, there's tons of stairs. You're walking all day you're navigating lots of people. And it just suddenly I was like, I haven't touched a a rail on a stairway all day. Mm. Uh, I was just walking straight up stairs and just walking through people and just controlling my body like normal people do. But because it had been literally at least a decade since I I had experienced that, I was just freaking out. Like, this is crazy, Mm. you know? Um, And then when I came back uh, slowly, yeah, just super, super sad, super frustrated, and like, oh, crap.
0: I so empathize with Jeremy. The family struggles, and also the battle inside his body right now. And when the body refuses to cooperate, when we see progress and a possible pathway towards healing and then only to step back again. How frustrating this must be to to touch a moment of freedom or normalcy, only to be dragged back to the symptoms once again. And perhaps you're there right now. An ongoing struggle, a physical struggle, a mental health struggle Maybe it's physical, a body issue, chronic pain, cancer, where you find living is hard. The basics of life are even complicated. And my encouragement to you as it is to Jeremy is just to keep working the process. Don't lose hope. My friends, it may never be completely healed, but it can be better. And so Jeremy Jeremy and I, we we continue to talk about what happens when we put our story out there and then it doesn't go the way we thought it would. How do you feel like in terms of you put yourself out there in terms of like, I had breakthrough. I found an answer Mm -hmm. to these body issues and... Telling everybody that, like, and then to have the story kind of revert back to the place that we're—it's like, oh wait, how did how did that feel? And how did like? Do you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, um let's say getting got back in a funk, and part of that is literally the way you feel. Like when I'm eating gluten, which I currently just cheating because for one it just gets really hard to eat that clean especially when you're not a cook you know the people that I find that are fanatics you know they know how to prepare all the meals Uh, they cook every night and so I just I'm not a cook my wife is so busy with her real estate career that she can't cook every night we're both working full-time so I would find myself eating the same dang things every single day broccoli uh, plain potato with olive oil, you know grilled chicken grilled salmon. I just got so tired of it So I gave up and so I'm currently just cheating and enjoying food for the moment um, But anyway, just I would say yeah slightly depressed just um, Yeah, just kind of A feeling of wanting to give up like screw it. You know, it's just what I have. It just is what it is yeah um, but uh anxious to see a specialist for sure. But yeah, with the mix of everything else, yeah, it's been a little bit of a heavier year. I'm a very happy person. Uh I've I do not ever remember going through a season of depression or you know, anything like that. Um But this but this season
0: for you has felt like unlike any other season.
1: I would say so, yeah. I do I still wouldn't call it a season of depression. I would just say a little bit more of a season of just kind of, you know, if I'm usually at a 9 out of 10, this season has been maybe a 7 or Mm -hmm. 6, you know, something like that.
0: Trending down, trending up, static, where would you say it's trending?
1: I think it's about to trend up for a long list of reasons. Uh, So I'm definitely excited about what's immediately ahead for sure. So
0: that brings some
1: hope. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: So tell me about, um, I mean, you're just, you really are, you're navigating a lot. And I mean, th- that's big, that's big stuff. Like uh, your body being such an important part of your identity and your lifestyle. And mm-hmm. um, and tell me a little bit about kind of the work part of, you know, I think you mentioned it's kind of been a different year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... Um... You know, six years ago, God hit me over the side of the head and took with a two by four of it. It's like, hey, you need to build a global hotel chain from scratch. Yeah, totally, I'm a freelance <laughs> photographer and I, you know, maybe have a few thousand dollars in my bank account. Sure, I should go build a $100 million hotel, why not? Um, so yeah, I lived in three years of fear of that idea and then three years ago, kind of found the courage this is obviously way fast-forwarding the story, but, you know, we we launched Kickstarter three years ago, and now we're, like, literally in the process of actually building this hotel chain. Um, but it, I'm a guy who likes to have an idea and do it tomorrow, like start immediately or start within a month. You know, I do things quickly. So this has been really tough to wait literally now six years, and I would still call this the very beginning of the journey. Mm. You know, I imagine it'll be almost 10 years before we actually open the doors. You know, we're probably two years out from the hotel opening, which would be eight or eight or at least eight years at that point. Um, so this year has been, you know, w- incredible progress, but all on the, the, hand, the front of my business partner. Because this year has been the the legal, the business structure, the um, the finance, the fundraising, the pitch decks, the business meetings, like all the stuff that is not creative, you know. So it mostly involves him, um, even though I'm obviously uh, a partner and I'm involved in the decision-making, but really day-to-day it's in his world. So that leads me back to still shooting a little bit, still speaking a little bit, um, but largely kind of farting around, you know? And it can be frustrating, or not frustrating is the wrong word, but like, I just feel like I'm looking at everyone else, kill it and crush it and Mm -hmm. do all these big things and everyone's career's moving forward and everybody's, you know, just doing the usual stuff. And uh, uh, I'm just sitting there going, "What, what am I doing anything? And so I know I'm doing something, I know this hotel's coming, but it's still, tough to just wait you know Mm. as a guy i mean and i have so many i mean so many ideas within the hotel itself um that you know i would i would say there's a list a literal list in evernote that i've got of about 70 ideas that i've come up with from lighting to what happens in the elevators to the decor to the exteriors of the building to how the pool works to all that stuff. It's just sitting there. You know, it's just, I can't do anything. And so, uh, see, so yeah, I'm just in a strange, strange season of just waiting.
0: Coached and worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs and dreamers and individuals. And without question, one of the most challenging parts of any project is the waiting season. When our ideas are delayed, or we must wait and still develop them. When you can picture in your mind exactly what it is, you can see it but the reality of today doesn't match that picture. And you might feel unproductive, or sometimes the the waiting seasons bring bring you into a funk, uh, an emotional stagnation and discouragement will slip in. But my friends, don't lose sight of the picture. Don't lose sight of the dream and what will be. Don't let go of what you're going after. It matters. And it is in the pursuit, the struggle, that we not only build the dream, but we build our own character. We learn what's inside and how strong and gifted we really are.
1: like podcasts because one day I'll go back and listen to to this and past podcasts and uh, these are all chapter markers, you know, and so this is me saying this is a hard, people look at it as what I'm doing, it's so glamorous and so exciting and it is, but really day to day you just feel like you're in the gutter, you know, it's just like, because the voices in my head also, in addition to all that are, you know, every hotel brand is coming to Nashville all the big, exciting, cool brands. Um, we even have we have proof that other hotels are even ripping us off. Right, is that hotel gonna get to market first? Richard Branson's building the Virgin in town. Ace Hotel, Four Seasons, you know, like, oh, it truly feels like David and Goliath. Like, here we are, brand new, new to the industry, never done this before, we're built, trying to build our little vision in a, in the hot, hottest market in the U.S., where everybody's coming to town, so it just feels like truly a Mount Everest type uh, dream. Like it's crazy. Yeah, and it, it feels like
0: here you are, like thinking strategically. Hey, we've got to move, and we got to move now. Mm-hmm. And yet you're in a waiting season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that must that must feel frustrating mm-hmm. and especially the fact that you have seen the vision and mm-hmm. you have a vision and you know the direction, and mm-hmm. yet it's a period of, um, I just gotta count the days until
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: the next contract step is done mm-hmm. or the financing is all. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think about the waiting? Because I, I, I feel like that, that theme could apply to almost every aspect of I mean the waiting the waiting with Eli like you're in a story and you don't know how it's gonna end mm-hmm. uh, the issues with your health
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're in a story and you don't know like you're just waiting for answers to get observation yeah and then you're with with a, a
1: hotel concept and vocational and you're waiting mm-hmm very, very good because it's so true. Yeah, they're all and the fourth thing I mentioned earlier on the the political season the country's in. It's just a waiting. Just yeah, it's all waiting. And I think uh <laughs> I saw a funny meme yesterday that was uh it said two thousand sixteen and it was a photo of Kate Winslet, um, you know, strung out on the on the floor. That's how she felt in two thousand sixteen. And then the right side said two thousand eighteen and it was the Old woman, I forget in Titanic, and <laughs> yeah. she's like, It's been 84 years, you know, uh, and that's kind of how I feel like. Yeah. Just oh, I've gotten old in the last two years, and things are, you know, because um, yeah, it, it'll the waiting is uh, I'm just not good at it. It's just not my, you know, I like to go fast and yeah. and big, and this is just the opposite, it's slow, but 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 like the reward on the other side is the most extraordinary thing that I could ever imagine.
0: And out of the struggle, something extraordinary is being born. Thank you, Jeremy, for your transparency, for letting us be a part of your unfolding story and creating a life that truly matters. So friends, for more information on Jeremy and to keep uh, up to date on what is going on on in his life and more about the Purpose Hotel, I want you to make sure to go to his website, jeremycowart.com. JeremyCoward.com. Coward is spelled C-O-W-A-R-T. And also, I want to make sh- make sh- sure that you get his book and pre-order his book that's coming out very soon called "I'm Possible: Jumping into Fear and Discovering a Life of Purpose." It is his story, his beliefs, his things that he's learned in his life. It is. It's going to be incredible. I I cannot wait for this book to hit the market. And uh, so you can get that at Amazon, uh, pre-order that at Amazon or depending on when you're listening to this podcast, you can just buy it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Again, jeremycowart.com is his website. Also, you can check out Jeremy on Instagram and social media all over the place. He's always sharing amazing art and design and Uh, definitely someone you want to connect with. So friends, thank you again for supporting this podcast, for listening. Again, rate the podcast on iTunes, share it with a friend, make sure you subscribe. And if you can, right now as you're listening, screen capture your device right now and let's share away. Let's share this goodness and these stories and what Jeremy has just uh, brought to the table. Let's, let's, bring others to that table so i also want to say thanks to uh, sleeping at last and ryan you're the bestest you are incredibly talented and i thank you so much for being the co-host of fun therapy with your beautiful music you can get more of ryan's music on itunes and spotify and his website is sleepingatlast.com friends let's stay in touch i'm mike foster 2000 on instagram And my website is mikefoster.tv. And don't forget about the two-day gathering, strongest May 16th and 17th. Thanks again for listening. Keep the emails and the tweets and reviews coming. And remember, no matter what has happened in your story, that your setbacks can become your superpowers. And honesty is always the best policy. We'll see you next time on the Fun Therapy Podcast.